Hi everyone, this is Jordy Wardman here, host of the Big Break Software Podcast, where I talk to top leaders in the software field like Seth Godin, Andrew Warner of Mixergy, and many more. This is a show where we talk to proven founders about their 0 to 30,000 MRR journey and beyond and their biggest challenges during the first three phases of building their software. Today's episode is brought to you by OneStop.io, which I co-founded after being in SaaS for nearly a decade. We have 45 developers waiting to take your idea to fruition. If you want a reliable full-stack development team with top talent that costs half as much as in-house developers, and you can trust your software as a service or mobile app to us, we'll give you the first 30 days at no risk, and we guarantee being on time and on budget when we finish the project at no extra cost. Contact us at OneStop.io. Before introducing today's guest, I want to give a big thank you to Scott DeGrossier for introducing me to today's guest. He's of, uh, Scott is of Wicked Reports. Uh, go check out their website, wickedreports.com. If you're spending more than 5K per month on paid ads and not tracking your ad spend, go check them out. Today I have Patrick Stiles of Vitalytics. Patrick has led an interesting career as an entrepreneur and is currently running Vitalytics a hosting and analytics company for video. Today we're going to talk with Patrick about how he found his idea and his zero to 30 journey to reach his software big break. How are you today, Patrick? I'm doing really good. How about yourself? I'm doing great, thanks. Excited to dive down into some video analytics. So why don't you tell us who you are, your background quickly, who your customer is and what problem you're solving for them. I'm Patrick Stiles. I'm uh, out of Denver, Colorado. I founded Vitalytics, like you were just saying. I've been an entrepreneur for the last 11 years. I've started uh, eight different companies during that time. And some of those were just really kind of, you know, dinky, uh, like, you know, solopreneur type things that failed, you know, upon launch and, and never even got revenue. Uh, but some of them, you know, have, have gone on to be uh, successful and really kind of, you know, led to the next thing, which is kind of always how my life has worked is uh, just kind of doing the, the next thing there. Okay. So what is the problem that you solve for your customer and who is your customer? So yeah. So at Vitalytics, we're a video hosting uh, and marketing platform. So at the most core thing that we do is host people's videos that go on their website. So it can be on their landing pages and their funnels, anywhere on uh, on their own kind of property. So not YouTube, not Facebook video ads or anything like that, just on their on their own websites. So this could be like, for an example, like a, a software as a service that they have how-to videos. This could be uh, a good way for them to host how-to videos. Oh, absolutely. And uh, our sweet spot is specifically for marketing. So like if that how-to is like an educational piece that leads into a sale and you're trying to really kind of track how people are engaging with your video and you're trying to do some extra things, to increase the engagement with those videos, then that's the sweet spot that we hit. Specifically, our ideal user is somebody that's a direct response video marketer. Those people typically use video front and center as pretty much the only thing that does all the heavy lifting to turn a click into a customer. We kind of cater to them and as a default of that kind of sales setup of how they're using video, the videos uh, tend to be a lot longer. So 20, 30, even an hour, hour and a half, long videos are not uncommon on our platform. So we really just kind of provide tools for those people that, uh, you know, are trying to increase their conversion rates, trying to understand, you know, how their videos are selling, what parts are making them money, uh, you know, and so that they can improve the effectiveness there. Because it's it's what I would call a uh, small hinge that swings a big door. Because it, like okay. I was saying, d- does most of the heavy lifting to convert visitors into uh, buyers. First of all, when did you start this? Uh, about four years ago. So 2016. 
I'm a Wistia customer. You're probably going to boo boo on that. But, um, <laughs> I got booed I, I, on a podcast when they were mentioned before. <laughs> we're Wistia, right? Uh, you yeah. know, and I don't even know how much I pay for them. I, I can't remember. Um, but we use them for like how-to videos. And, and they're, you know, like we, you just would never use YouTube because the quality's bad. It seems grainy yeah. and stuff. But uh, what was the situation like in 2016? Like what made you see that this was a problem? What was going mm-hmm. on? The, the business that I started right before Vitalytics was one called Zen Life Supplements. It was actually started 10 years ago. Uh, but, you know, it's still running to this day. It's profitable. Uh, and it's like the name implies a supplement company. So I was selling uh, psychotropic supplements for anxiety, insomnia, things that I found that worked for me really well. Uh, I basically turned that into a brand that I brought to the market. And uh, every single sale that I made online was made with a video. Uh, so I tried a lot of other stuff. And if you get into the internet marketing world, you know, they say to do all these different things, like you need to build a list, you need to do content, you need to do social, uh, you need to do launches, etc. And, you know, I tried a lot of those things, most of those things, and they all failed until I made my very first video. And that video that I made for free on my laptop, just PowerPoint slides and me talking over it with terrible audio quality. I didn't even know how to edit it, so I couldn't go back and fix mistakes. So I just tried to do like a 10 minute video with as few like stutters and, and mix ups as possible. Uh, anyways, that video not only got me, you know, consistent customers profitably, but it went on to sell over a million dollars. And that was really kind of my start into like the world of video marketing many years ago. And, you know, so I just doubled down on video and I kept pumping them out and and creating new ones. And and I hired developers at the advice of a mentor that basically said what you need to do or what you want to do requires you to build custom code. Like what you want to do doesn't exist in the marketplace. So we were kind of building some tools like that in-house. I met my CTO and I was using all the other video tools out there like the Wistia, Vimeo, YouTube, uh, Flow Player, JW Player. I've used them all. And uh, what I found is that these other companies weren't catering towards a direct response marketer, somebody that needs to know when somebody is buying inside of their video, that needs to really drill down on the stats, that needs to compare them side by side, or be able to capture emails in there, be able to really kind of grab attention when somebody hits the page uh, since the autoplay bans uh, in Chrome and Safari. So that was kind of the opening that I saw in just the need that I had. Uh, you know, what is this saying that uh, necessity is the mother of all inventions? Mm-hmm. So it was kind of like that. So I just knew that these other tools were limited. I wish they did more. I knew that it would make me more successful as a video marketer. And then I had met my CTO through trial and error of just going through a bunch of different developers in my previous business. And that business wasn't very tech centric, even though it was an online business. But I did some of the code or some of the basic kind of tech stuff in the beginning. I wouldn't call myself a developer. Uh, you know, and I did that until I needed somebody else to kind of help me piece together these tools and start building some of these more advanced things that I wanted to do that didn't exist on the marketplace. So I'd met my CTO and uh, I told him about my idea for Vitalytics and he was like, I can build this. And uh, I was like, all right, well, let's do it. <laughs> so that's the short story. At this time you're running was, um, sorry, what was the name of the company, the e-com? Zen Life Supplements. Okay. Zen Life. Was, th- yeah. was that, was that a public company? Is that, is that? No. Was, no, okay. Public company right. so came later. The transition was from Zen Life to the public company, and analy- the Vitalytics was sort of in between that as you no. were doing it on the side, or no? The public company was in between Vitalytics. So okay. So four years ago, I had Zen Life, and uh, it was going really well. We we're netting, you know, like five figures per month, you know, and we we're cruising along. So I had the cash 
to basically fund Vitalytics. And okay. uh, so, so we dove in at the deep end and just started building uh, a custom kind of, you know, video platform from the ground up. Uh-huh. A couple months into that business, uh, ZenLife tanked. And we ran into some issues with some of our advertising partners and our revenue dropped and, uh, you know, things just got like super, super <laughs> like uh, difficult. So I started accumulating personal debt and I was like, we just need to get this to market. And we did about eight, nine months after we started it. You know, it didn't go viral like I thought it would, which like I'm a marketer and, you know, I've bought ads and done a lot of different things in the online marketing world. And I don't know why I thought that, but it was just kind of like my hope that I just had to get to market with this product. And I did. It didn't take off. And basically we were at a in a position where we needed dough. So I knew some angel investors here in Denver and I went and talked to them. They made me an offer to put uh, a quarter million dollars into Vitalytics. Uh, for 25%. So basically a million dollar uh, post money valuation. Mm-hmm. I just didn't like the terms, you know, and I, I didn't feel good about it. So I turned it down. And about a month later, they called me up and were like, hey, we want to start a CBD company. And this is a uh, cannabidiol, which is a derivative of hemp. So it's in the cannabis industry, but it's not psychoactive like, uh, like mm-hmm. THC. So it doesn't get you high. At any rate, they knew that I'd ran supplement companies and all these things. So they're like, why don't we fund this business? And if it's successful, then we can possibly like merge it into a public company. Uh, and that's what we did. So we got Ecova Life Sciences and then CBD.co. We started those two businesses and then we did an all stock acquisition to merge the two companies. And I came over as uh, the CEO. So I did that because I needed money to yeah. fund Vitalytics. So right. it was like, I had to do that or something else. <laughs> like, <laughs> prostitution isn't legal. So I decided to take a company public. So All right. There you go. There you go. Okay. That's an interesting way. So that's really how you funded the MVP for Vitalytics then. I mean, the MVP existed because we got to market, but that's how I kept it going. And it was basically just my CTO. We had had a team that built it, but he, uh, but you know, those people either finished their job or we couldn't afford them. And uh, so he was just sitting there, you know, kind of really steering the product for maybe about a year while I went and did this other thing. And I worked in both businesses, but it's really hard to have two different kind of priorities like that, two different major goals. It's like trying to run in two directions at once. So when you first started, you it sounds like you were you you had a product that you were using in house for um, for Zen Life supplements and and mm-hmm. you were using videos there. It sounded like maybe like the main problem was that you weren't able to capture emails. Is that what it was or what the core problem that you really felt like? I just just I'm piecing together things with JW Player, which I thought wasn't that Craig Collins, Clay Collins, or whatever the lead pages guy or something. No, maybe you're no. thinking of a uh, convert player. Maybe okay. That was yeah, one of them. I thought there or was that's like that's actually that's what their CTO founded after he left Lead Pages. Uh, okay, that could have been yeah. But yeah, no JW Player. Uh, they've raised like nine figures. They're out of New York. They've been uh-huh. around for a really long time. They they started as more of just a video player as opposed to a platform, and they weren't focused on marketing. They were focused more on just video content. So right. Maybe a publisher. I know that's like, huge, right? It's huge with yeah. the direct response marketers. So, I mean, obviously you're in that game and so you know it very well. So mm-hmm. I understand why, why you, you were able to solve this, uh, find this problem. And then it's like, you know, this is so serious that all my sales come from this. I need to solve this problem for me alone mm-hmm. was the, was the original sort of idea just to make this product so that, um, so that you could increase increase the sales of Zen Life or at the time you're like, no, this is bigger than Zen Life and I want to go off and make this 
my old project. It was bigger than Zen Life once we broke ground on it because we built a whole platform that has like a user interface that's easy yeah. easy. If we were doing it for ourselves, we would just kind of have like some really ugly backend scripts, you know, and, and things that we could piece together. Uh, but it wouldn't have been like a kind of polished product that was ready for public use. One of the big things that we needed to build our own platform to do, because we could have built on top of somebody else's platform, but then we're sinking at least five figures into a bunch of development work to have like one minor feature. And it was like, well, why don't we just do this from scratch? But the, but the one thing that we had to have is the analytics. And that's one reason why we're a video platform and not just a player. And when I say platform, I mean that you upload your video to us, we encode it, we host it, and then you get an embed code that you drop on your website and we stream it. So we're okay. end to end on the video piece. Uh, okay. So you don't need any other tool for that. But we did that so that we could have the analytics and so that we could see, you know, who's watching the videos, where are they watching to, are they later purchasing? Because a really good example of this is some video platforms have some stats involved with them, right? And it'll have like the audience engagement and it'll show like where people are dropping off in your video. It's really obvious that these companies are focused on, you know, either artists, social media, or just branding and things that don't really matter for driving conversions. Because when you have that audience drop off, you have no idea if they're dropping off to go and purchase or if they're just bouncing from your site entirely. So you need mm -hmm. to kind of have some more context. So on the analytics side, those were some of the things where we're like, oh my gosh, this is like a huge missing, you know, thing. It's like a huge blind yeah. spot. So, yeah, so those were some of the things where we're like, okay, this doesn't exist. We need to build it from scratch to do it. Let's go and get after it. And not to get too technical, but what was what was your uh, tech stack? I mean, what? Because yeah. it sounds pretty complicated. Like <laughs> It's a, super a, complicated. Yeah, break yeah. down how your CTO figured out this solution. Well, he's a genius. So, like, <laughs> he just, like, ingests information and spits out brilliance. So I like that. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I, uh, I think the world of him. Uh, this isn't really the you know topic you were bringing up, but honestly, if I could go back and do it again, I would probably not start Vitalytics. It's way too complicated of a product. Uh, it's variable costs are really high. So like our margins were super thin for a super long time. Yeah. And like compared to the rest of the industry, they're still low. Uh, but it was also just a ton of development work to get it off the ground. If I could start over, I would probably either pick something entirely different or focus on just more of like an MVP, like some little kind of gizmo just to kind of get it to market sooner and to get some traction and then also price it lower. And I think the journey would be easier. But uh, our tech stack is uh, PHP. Um, we're on uh, Zend or now Lamnus uh, mm -hmm. framework. And the platform, are you? Oh, Google Cloud. That, that, that's interesting because you're, you're sort of all in with that, right? I mean, it's not like, you know, it's not like you're, this is something you can build for, you know, 15,000 and get your, your money back right away. You're, 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 you kind of like, you know, going all in. Was, do you remember how much the MVP was? We didn't track it. And right now we're doing a huge accounting overhaul to kind of like clean up our books. Uh, because yeah. for the longest time it was like, hey, I know we're not profitable. I don't, this isn't the priority to have clean books. You know, like we yeah. need to do other things. Uh, but now we're we're in a much better place and we're kind of cleaning those things up. But I would estimate that it's in the vicinity of, you know, 200 grand or so. Okay. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I would say yeah, six figures significant. For sure. Yeah. Okay, yeah. great. Yeah, but you had the, the angels sort of invested in that, and that that they was did how not. it was funded. Oh, no. they did not. Okay, I funded it a hundred percent myself. Ah, okay. But it's, yeah. what was the cash flow was coming from? Where then? Originally, the cash flow was coming from Zen Life. Oh, yeah, I should do this. Okay. Uh, so originally, it was coming from Zen Life. 
Yeah. Then it was coming from debt, like personal debt, credit cards, lines of credit that I had for my other business, just, you know, anything I could do. Uh, and then I went and did the public company thing. And basically I had a salary. So like I was paid like okay. a retainer every month to basically run that. So and you were pumping that all into, into the, yeah, pumping it in. Then. And then, yeah. and then after that, then we did education actually that we yeah. haven't even talked about, but I created a course on video marketing and how to basically build a business centric to video. And I did that. And so yeah, and more debt. Okay. <laughs> so yeah. Yeah. And now it's, it's profitable. It's self-sufficient. Uh, the debt is pretty much gone. It's been a tough thing to do. Like I said, I started eight companies and this is by far the hardest. You're obviously happy with the direction that is going now. It sounds like it's starting to do well. The MRR is what at 50,000 you were saying? It's gone up since we originally emailed. So last month was 62. Oh, that's great. Yeah. That's so really it's about, uh, it's like so 10% growth month over month. That's great. Yeah. We've had a really good 2020. COVID had a, yeah. had a big effect on your business, eh? Yeah. In, in the positive way. And, you know, my heart goes out to all the people around the world that are suffering and their health is, you know, in danger or even their lives. But, you know, a lot of people are at, at home, stuck inside and they're on, on the internet. Making videos. On things. And, yeah. Well, no, they're watching videos. So a lot of our growth this year has been expansion revenue. So it's been more people scaling up as opposed to acquiring new users. Tell me about getting those first few customers. Like what were the customers? Where were you getting from? Getting them from? And how was that journey? Uh, we usually break this down into three phases. It's zero to 5,000, 5,000 mm -hmm. to 15, and then 15 to 30. And kind of by the time we were at 30, we was, we sort of presume that that company has figured things out and they're on their way, you know, to, yeah. to growth. But I know that people plateau, you know, some people plateau at 5,000, some people mm -hmm. plateau at 13. So tell me about zero to five. Zero to five was, um, so a few things happened. So first we put it on the market and I try to do some webinars. I try to do some other offers. None of those worked. Uh, we we're trying to get people to sign up for a trial. People weren't doing it. Uh, and we didn't really figure out our pricing. So I, I think like that initial thing is really kind of getting like the, the price and the overall offer in the context of the markets, like, like in line. Uh, but I was in a mastermind, uh, in the health space. And that's where a lot of my users are, right? That's where a lot mm -hmm. of these direct response video marketers are. And I picked up a few users from that. Uh, so that was great. And then of course I came out of the industry. So I also kind of worked some warm contacts. And I got some people like that. Uh, but, you know, so that was that probably got me to 5,000. And, and really, it got me, you know, probably to, you know, 10 or 15 as well. Just kind of going to events, having conversations, kind of growing through word of mouth. Uh, we also picked up some affiliates in that kind of 5 to 15 range uh, that got us some big names, uh, you know, that really kind of made a difference for us, uh, just as kind of like a credibility thing. Then we also just kind of started picking up some users that would be I guess through an organic channel uh, or kind of continuing on that word of mouth kind of thing, because what we developed is, is somewhat unique, especially in the direct response space. Uh, people would hear about it and they'd be like, Hey, well, I want to see if this helps my conversion rates. Yeah. So we got some people that showed up and they turned into six figure LTVs and they just kind of came out of nowhere. What's the starting package? Like back in, back in those days, what was the price range? Well, so when we got to market, I was I was kind of beginning to explain this and got detoured. But uh, uh, so nobody was signing up for trials. So we tried a fr uh, free accounts and uh, that was a disaster. And what was really interesting. Why was it a disaster? Why? Well, what's really interesting is we had no signups before that. But then we uh -huh. did the free trials and we started getting signups every single day. Right. So when you but, say you're talking about a freemium, like a freemium. Exactly. For, okay. Yeah. yeah. So free tier. 
And so we started getting those those accounts signed up every day, but we weren't really locking down any of our features. Uh, we didn't really have the back end marketing and such as like, you know, messages and education to try to, you know, kind of uh, have people, uh, what is it, escalate through the different pricing tiers. Mm-hmm. So basically, we just got a bunch of free users and then that was it. That We didn't really monetize them and we didn't okay. really know what we're doing. Uh, there's a really good... Um, blog posts by Angel VC uh, and it's a uh, freemium and he breaks down like what you need in your business for freemium to make sense. And I wish I'd read that article, you know, before I did freemium myself. And it's something that we would consider again in the future, but like we had to get economies of scale so that our prices dropped. Cause in the early days we were bleeding, like we were trying to be competitive. Because of your hosting video. costs and yeah, there's other things in our tech stack and like technology that we license. And, you know, like we yeah. have, we have like today, we have multiple CDNs. We have an AI that optimizes those. We have Google Cloud. We have an encoding cost. And then we have some other tech that we license. So our variable costs are quite high. And that's one reason why this business is not super ideal from like a, a tech standpoint. Like I really wish we were better funded going into it. It sounds like affiliate marketing was kind of your main channel in the beginning. Events and affiliate marketing, would you say that's... I would say events were number one uh, in the beginning, especially. And then that kind of, you know, created some word of mouth, uh, just where, mm-hmm. you know, people would... So were you like going things. to like traffic and conversions or like what kind of yeah. events was working for you? Yeah, I was in a mastermind with Ed O'Keefe uh, back then, and that's for health marketers. So I was in that and going to uh, a number of events uh, per year for that. And then uh, going to Affiliate Summit or uh, Traffic and Conversion, uh, those were the ones that we're going to. Getting a booth and stuff. So you would get, how was your ROI? No, you, you just went and kind of I just like went. I just went. Hustling, yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I just went with my big dumb face and talked until, you know, somebody would listen and it had a stack of business cards and stuff yeah. like that. So, Good for yeah. you. Like literally out in the hallway or is it more like networking at parties and stuff like that? I mean, I'd, I'd go to parties. I knew a lot of people that were there, yeah. you know. So, like, yeah, I, did, I didn't actually go to the, like, actual, like, convention events so much. Like, I'd go there and do, like, a loop, like, of the uh, vendors or, or whatever, but that was it. So, okay. to tell you the truth, I didn't actually have money for a ticket, like, when we were launching this because, like, just getting it to market just went sideways so much. Yeah, yeah. So, it was like, I'm not paying for that. Like, a plane ticket. Yeah, like, that's enough. all I need is, like, yeah, yeah. more costs, right? Yeah. But like, I would be open to doing events with booths, but like there needs to be like, it needs to be more strategic. I just heard this phrase and I love it. Random acts of marketing. And I think a lot of people are just like, oh, well, I'm going to, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do, uh, I'm going to create a podcast. I'm going to, I'm going to go to events. I'm going to, you know, maybe, you know, do like a YouTube channel. And like, they're just kind of like shooting in a lot of, a lot of different directions. And that's what I was doing. And what I realized is that I need to get laser focused on one thing that channel yeah one channel that i think i'm good at that i can scale and you know that's measurable and the problem with like these events and word of mouth and a lot of other things kind of in that nature is that you know you can't control them and they're not scalable so i'm Mm -hmm. looking for a predictable scalable you know customer acquisition strategy okay and what was that then still working on it but like we moved into education selling a course that i mentioned and that was good because like i mean you know it was almost like starting another business. It was certainly like another profit center. And, uh, you know, the reason why I say it was like another business is because the customers were not aligned. It was too focused 
on the lower end of the market being uh, beginners and newbies that are trying to get into the internet marketing world, trying to make their first videos, uh, maybe some, you know, kind of tech t challenges and some things like that. And uh, so that's, you know, that's something that's repeatable and scalable, but it wasn't aligned to getting long-term customers on Vitalytics. Like somebody that comes in and drives a lot of volume on Vitalytics is not going to, you know, basically come in through that channel. Why are you using a similar strategy that was working for the e-com business like video? I mean, presumably yeah. you're doing video. So you're doing like video uh, VSLs and, and mm -hmm. um, using a lot of video. That is that working for you? Uh, so yeah, we're, we're doing VSLs now. And before this, with the education, we're doing webinars, which is basically another type of video. And we would record them and turn them into on-demand kind of trainings, like in a funnel. Uh, but yeah, so yeah, no, we certainly do a lot of video. Webinars is something that you also, you see, that's also in, included in the platform. So you're using your... If it's a live webinar, then uh, we don't do that piece. Be. Yeah, no, that's something else. That's not what we do. But say you do a live webinar, you record it, and then you want to host it on your website. You want to post the replay, then that's what we would do. And here's the thing. There's a lot of people doing webinars that will say like, you know, come to my live webinar that starts every 15 minutes and it's, mm -hmm. you know, two hours long and it's like live and it's basically an automated webinar. You know, those, um, first off, you have to use a, a specific platform to use those. And most of the ones out there are not very mature and they're packed with bugs. But not only that, you got to like kind of work within like that ecosystem of that webinar platform. So then it's harder to do your own tracking and kind of do some more advanced things on top of, of the video. Um, and then also it's just deceptive. Like, you know, because you're saying, hey, come to my live webinar. It starts every 15 minutes. It's with me, but it's two hours long. I mean, you don't have yeah. to be a rocket science scientist to figure out that that thing is not live, you know? And some right. people are like, oh, this is an on-demand webinar and they don't claim that it's live or they just don't mention it. Uh, but for me, I think that's starting a relationship with the customer on the wrong foot. What we recommend and what we've done is that we will basically make an on-demand training that's just like a webinar. We'll host it with Vitalytics. We'll put it behind an opt-in in a funnel. And it's basically very similar to that. That makes sense. It's like more like a, it's basically some coaching or training or something like that that you sell. And it's instead of pitching it as a webinar, it's sold that way. Basically, the offer that I would craft for that is having Vitalytics uh, and then maybe some training bonuses, maybe like a, like a Facebook private group where we can discuss things. They can ask me anything that they want uh, and like maybe some other materials uh, to go along with it. I've done monthly coaching calls in the past, but I, I don't want to do those <laughs> since it's time consuming. In, in your opinion, you've obviously seen a lot of great sales videos. What, what do you think makes a good video? I mean, you were mentioning, it, um, you know, terrible slides and things like that. I mean, what makes no. one video good and another not good? Well, it's 100% the message is what it really comes down to. Um, you got to talk to somebody on an intimate level. Like, and you got to okay. talk to, to their fears, their hopes, their dreams, their desires. Uh, you got to really kind of be inside of their mind and know... Like, what is their problem? How is it affecting them? What, it, you know, what else have they tried? You know, what are the alternatives? Uh, you know, how did they value this thing? And when you have all that information, right, then it's really easy to craft a effective, like, marketing message. And, you know, and then really you just need to, what I, what I say is throw down the gauntlet, you know, with like a big benefit, uh, mm -hmm. you know, grab their attention and then bring them in. Typically tell a story, you know, remove, uh, remove objections, build trust and uh, make an offer and ask for the order and uh, remove risk.
are there time frames? Like, is it a three-minute video, or does it not even matter? Because, I mean, for example, there's a guy that I don't remember his name, but it literally this guy is walking down the street in Manhattan. His hat is on backwards, and he looks like a big guy. You know, he's probably paying a lot of money for this 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 mm-hmm. ad. And he's just walk. It's just like him. He's walking down in Manhattan. He's turning around. He's on his cell phone. This guy's, you know, could be in a studio. Um, mm-hmm. He could be doing a lot of things. But he's obviously chosen to walk down uh, the streets of Manhattan and pitch a story this way. I mean, why is that? Is that effective? Or what's your opinion on that? I have no idea if it's effective. <laughs> like, and you know what's funny? So before I started Vitalytics. I, you know, like there were certain companies that I knew of and I had on a pedestal and I thought they were killing it. Uh, And maybe because they were even advertising a lot, which that is one of the clear cut signs that somebody is successful. If you see their ads over and over and over again, uh, and not just retargeting ads, because that can be like a little misleading. But um, if somebody's spending money on ads, and especially if they haven't raised a a boatload of capital, then... um, then they are most likely profitable. But some of these companies that I held up on a pedestal, I actually, you know, got to know them better, like, you know, in later years. And I realized that, you know, their margins were much thinner than I thought, or their business worked because of something that I didn't really know about. Like maybe they were uh, not making any money on acquiring customers, but they were building an email list and then uh, making money from affiliate offers behind that, you know? Um But, you know, with this video that you're talking about with the guy in New York City, I mean, it sounds very engaging. It sounds interesting. So that's really good at kind of the novel factor of grabbing attention. But ultimately, if his message isn't on point and he's not talking to somebody's, you know, like desires, whether that be to avoid pain or to achieve pleasure, then people are going to bounce and it's not necessarily going to be effective. You've obviously seen which videos work. Is there more people like... It seems like the trend of these guys, you know, like these guys that are walking around when they could be in a studio, you know, they could be in a studio and they could be all polished. And it mm-hmm. it seems like the, those um, maybe the guy walking down the street, it's more real or something. You, yeah. so you haven't seen uh, um, you don't see, notice any trends about like what works in uh, in, in YouTube, oh. like the video marketing. Oh, I mean, like I have a buddy who his best video ad um, on YouTube is just like him walking with his cell phone. And he he kind of had an idea of what he wanted to say, but it wasn't super yeah. scripted or polished. And he's like in the mountains and stuff like where, where he lives here in Colorado. Yeah. Uh-huh. And it's just like he's like, hey, like, you know, like, you know, and, and, and that's the thing. Like he has an effective message that hits somebody and they're like, oh, yeah. wow, I want that. People don't buy logically. They buy emotionally and they justify it with logic. So you need to speak to the emotions. If you're not doing that, then you're basically doomed, in my opinion. Or, or you just have, you're going to have a very limited amount that you can scale. So, but like kind of what you're talking about here, uh, it's like similar to like design on a website, right? And like something like green button versus orange button isn't going to make a huge difference. Now, of mm-hmm. course, if you redesign the entire thing, as, as in like going from a studio to the streets of New York City, that is like rebuilding the entire website, changing a lot of different things. But at the end of the day, the message is what's going to get you there. And I think that those little kind of cosmetic changes, even if it is a dramatic one, like walking down the streets of New York, uh, mm. is only going to be an amplifier, meaning it's not going to turn a zero into a winner, right? It's not going to take you from like something that's just bleeding cash and not making any sales to suddenly like making them. Uh, but say your like say your conversion rate is one percent, maybe that's going to give you like a twenty percent boost. Yeah. So that's yeah. that's kind of how I view those things. So what I tell people is focus on the message, get something converting, 
right? So try, so like if you're going to go to market, uh, you know, try a couple different angles, a couple different ideas and, uh, and split test. Yeah. Split test. Absolutely. Yeah. Find out what works and then, and find that winner and then iterate on that one. Right. So you're kind of doing more blue sky testing on like the big kind of, uh, the big ideas, finding out the one that has like the most traction and then you're optimizing that. Right. And then okay, maybe, especially if you're going to go to the streets in New York City, you're going to have a professional film crew. You're going to have to do a bunch of audio editing, I would imagine. Uh, a lot of like, you know, just footage editing as well. Things like that. It's like that's putting obstacles between you and success. Right. It's right. making it harder than it needs to be. So I would even tell people just to start with PowerPoints and just to try a message or just to appear on camera. Um, you know, you don't need to make things extremely fancy just to test the idea. Right. Uh, what is it? Uh, I think it's Reed Hastings of LinkedIn. Yeah. Uh, he said, if you're not embarrassed by your uh, MVP, then you waited too long to you launch. Launched too early. Yeah. And it's a hundred percent true with marketing messages. You need to put something out there and find out if people want it, if people like it. And that's what's beautiful about Vitalytics because you can actually see if people are engaging with your video, if they're buying, if they're skipping, rewinding. You can compare it to other videos to see like you know if it's benchmarked well, if it's on track to possibly make money before you have to go out and spend money buying thousands of clicks to get to statistical significance. That's kind of the advantage of Vitalytics on the optimization side when you're testing different ideas. Which is hugely important for, you know, obviously for these direct video direct response marketers. Absolutely. Yeah. So, so okay. So um, back to our zero to 30 journey, I want to make sure I complete the get. So at 15,000, you're, you're, you're doing affiliates. Um, uh, um, what is there anything else that was starting to work for you? I mean, were you doing paid traffic at this time or? Uh, no, no, I would say no content. Would you, would, how about content marketing? Well, we do a lot of case studies on our website. Well, not a lot, right? Like that's a totally mm -hmm. relative thing, but of the content we do is mm -hmm. we'll do case studies, right? So if we do a split test with the user, um, then we want to turn that into a case study, right? Which is basically just like a blog post that's totally transparent, breaks down the data and really kind of, you know, pulls back the curtain on how we got those results. So right, yeah, okay. so, so we did some case studies. Those were actually big. That actually is probably more in the kind of like early days of like the 5,000 to, uh, to 15,000. Absolutely. And then maybe more around that, like 10, okay. 15. What do you think was successful about those case studies? Like what, the, like, is it just, um, what would be an example of one of the ones that did better for you? Um, there's a few that come to mind. One of our very first ones was, uh, where, uh, we split tested our autoplay feature. So Chrome and Safari started blocking videos from autoplaying with sound. So we developed smart autoplay, which will detect if the browser is going to block it, which isn't always the case. If it doesn't block it, then it plays uh, with sound like normal. And if not, then it falls back to uh, on mute playing with a flashing overlay on top of it. And you can customize the message and do some things like that. Uh, so that's like one of our flagship features. And uh, we tested that with a user. He got a 49% conversion increase over oh, click to play. Yeah, yeah so it was, a, it, was, it was a huge difference. So we, um, so we turned that into a case study and then that gave us some context to talk about when, uh, we were, you know, discussing, um, that feature. That was a good one. Yeah. It sounds like most of your growth has really come in the last year. So like last year we were doing like maybe 35 on average through the year. Okay. Um, and our, and our growth was kind of flat. So yeah. So you sort of in doubled in a year, which is, which is yeah. good. Yeah. You, yeah. No, it's great. I mean, we're really happy about that. So what? 15 to 30. 
Yeah, I mean, is this really sort of word of mouth that you think has just started to yeah. take off? Or Yeah, really yeah I mean, yeah. word of mouth is a big one. We started doing the education piece. And then another thing is that we really matured our product, right? Okay. Like around then, we were like, we, we were actually comparable with some of the other options on, on the market, especially for what matters to our users. Like there's certainly more mature uh, platforms out there that, you know, have more like little features like um, sub accounts or not sub accounts, but like multiple users to sign in to the same account, like that sort of thing. That's like something we don't offer. And I'd love to do it, but you know, should I build something that's gonna increase somebody's conversion rate or should I make something that's gonna make it easier or, or just something more for like an organization? Most of our users are tiny businesses at the end of the day. Even if they're putting up big numbers, like they don't have a huge head count. That type of feature would be more for like a huge enterprise, right? Like a Fortune okay. 500 isn't gonna share a password, but that's just because we know who our, who our audience is. So yeah, our product really matured. We kept adding things and, uh, you know, grew from there. What's the roadmap for you guys now? Like uh, in what sense? Is there any any plans to sort of broaden into different markets or is you just, there's there's plenty of room for you to grow in your current market and just keep add, listening to your users and adding features one by one? Or do you have any sort of uh, ideas to get uh, expand into other areas? No, no plans to expand anytime soon. What we'll do is expand our audience before uh -huh. we expand our product line, right? Before we would create a sister product. Um, and so what I mean by that would be maybe going after the enterprises, right? Uh, mm -hmm. Like the, the big companies and stuff. And maybe we would need a sales team to do that. And then maybe we're going to do events, you know? So it's like a whole strategy and we would need the features to, to go after them. So, yeah. you know, we could do the same thing with agencies. Um, but on the video marketing side, uh, I mean, it's a huge category, uh, there's yeah. not a lot of big companies in the space. Uh, and I think it's because the tech is just so difficult. And you've crossed that barrier now. You've got it. You're, you're profitable and, and you're, you've sort of broken that. As you say, it's a huge uh, moat that they have to cross to commit to that. And if you're already doing it, what you know, there's no reason to really do that. So that was one benefit of, of being able to go all in like that. It sort of gave yeah. you that, that, that advantage. <laughs> yeah, the, the obstacle becomes the way. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's right. Listen, we're, we're getting close to the end of our hour. So I wanted to thank you so much for your time. Obviously, people can go to vidalytics.com to check out more about um, your platform. Mm -hmm. Anything else? Well, how can people reach you directly or anything else you want to leave us before we close the show out? Uh, I mean, if you want to email me, my email is p at vidalytics.com. You know, I'm always happy to connect with people. It's surprising who shows up from doing things like this. I agree. Thank you so much, Patrick, for your time. Awesome. Thank you for having me. Have a great day. Thanks for listening to the Big Break Software Podcast with your host, Jordy Wardman. Be sure to click subscribe and check us out on the web. Keep listening and your software Big Break could be right around the corner. <laughs>